Welcome to another training session from Fiona Inc. I'm Fiona Pishka and today we will be looking at relationships. This is part one of a series of studies on relationships and today we will be looking at the four areas that are involved in every type of relationship. For our study today, the definition that we will be using for the word relationship is the state of being related by kindred, affinity, or other alliance. And this definition was taken from the 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary. As an outline today, I'd like to let you know of the four areas that we will be looking at in this series. The first area is that we need to define the relationship. In many cases, this is where a problem occurs in a relationship between one or more people, and that is that there is no definition of the relationship. We need to know what is the purpose of the relationship. What type of relationship is it? Are you the receiver in this relationship or are you the giver? What is the expectation from your position? What do you expect out of this relationship? And what does the receiver in this relationship expect? The second thing we will be looking at is learning the language of the participants. Everyone involved in relationships, no matter what type of relationship it is, there is a language that is spoken from every person there. And in many cases, the language is different than the language that you speak. And when I speak of language, I'm not speaking of a uh, a verbal language, for example, English or French or Dutch or Spanish or German. I'm speaking of a language of communication. And that is how someone communicates when they would like to um, say something. Many times you say a picture is worth a thousand words and there are there's body language that goes along in a conversation. There are uh, things that happen in a relationship where people will do things or not do things in order to convey a point. And that's what this language is all about. You know, every person has a feedback language and that is the way that you determine what they're trying to say to you and of course every person has a receiving language and you will be able to detect the language uh, pretty quickly and in many cases you might already know how that person will respond in certain situations it's good to know this information because it will help you in your relationship with that person or the group of people you're dealing with the third area we will be looking at is how much of what you offer does the person or the group need? Do you have a product that the person or the group need? And by product, we mean the things that you can offer to someone, your skills, your ability, your ideas, your influence, uh, thought processes. That's what I'm talking about here. And if so, are they ready to receive what you have to offer? There is a determination there that we need to do at some point in relationship to see if what we have to offer is needed or many cases it's not just based on the need of the situation but it's based on the want that means does this person does this group does this company want what i have to offer you might look at the situation and think boy they sure could use what i have they need it if they were to utilize it this is what it would solve so many problems but if they don't see the need for it or they don't want 
what you have to offer, then it's pointless for you to try to pursue going after that relationship. The fourth area in relationships that we will be looking at is what does your relationship accomplish for the overall good of society or mankind? What you have to offer, how does it affect the people around you? How does it affect the world you live in? What changes does it cause? What things does it maintain? How does it add value to where you currently are living and where you currently are working and the places that you currently socialize in? So those are some things to consider when we are talking about relationships. I know in many cases when we talk about relationships, many people related to family connections, uh, spouse connections, and all kinds of um, bloodline things. But I'd like you also to widen your thinking on relationships and look at the relationships in your workplace, look at the relationships in your social environment, look at the relationships in just your um, conversation, even with vendors and um, clients and things of that nature. This information will certainly help you quite a bit in maintaining those relationships and getting them to the optimal level where both people involved will be able to uh, give and receive out of the relationship for maximum, maximum benefit to your company, to you, and to everyone involved. I wanted to uh, give you an examples of types of relationships that can benefit from this model. And this is a model, if you will, of what you should look into whenever you're trying to look at some relationship issues that you might be dealing with. I'd like you to go back to this model, the four things we just mentioned, and consider what area you might not have touched on or considered in that relationship. I'll read those, mo those areas over for you again. Uh, one through four, it's define the relationship, learn the language of the participants, how much of what you offer does the person want or need, and what does your relationship accomplish for the overall good of mankind or your society. Different types of relationship, of course, that could uh, value from this model are the marriage relationship, parent-child relationship, sibling, grandparents, mentor, protege, friendship, relative, in-laws, employer-employee, and a God with a follower relationship. The absolutes of relationships, there are several absolutes in a relationship that it doesn't change. It doesn't matter how much you try to change it, it's an absolute. And it's definitely there in every relationship. And it's a if you know what they are, it's a good thing because then you'll be able to manage your relationship a little better. The first absolute is that every relationship must not be treated the same because every relationship is not the same. So for example, if you are having an issue with your spouse at home, coming to work, you might think about the person that you're working with in line with the spouse because they have similar traits, they have similar um, tendencies of what they do and what they don't do. And if you're not careful, you will start treating the two people the same you will start looking at the relationship in the same way. This is a highly dangerous situation to be in because it could add to stress. So you're at home and you're having a hard time, you get to work and you have someone that's just like your spouse, 
the person you were trying to take a break from. And so you get to work, and so you have to deal with this person. If you're not careful, you might start answering questions, being aloof, not wanting to get involved with uh, problem-solving issues. If you would consider this person the same in the same light as you do someone else, it could not even be a spouse. It could be a child that you're having an issue with. It could be an in-law, another relative. And so you want to take note that not every relationship should be treated the same because not every relationship is the same. Every relationship does not require all that you have to give. This is a very important point that people don't realize sometimes. Whenever we get involved in any type of relationship, after a while, we want to be able to give that person everything we can offer, you know, all of our skills and abilities, all of our know-hows, all of our th things that we know how to pro problem solve in a, in a situation. If we're not careful, that person does not see us in that way. And so they might not receive some of the things we are willing to offer so freely to them. And so as a result, you might start feeling rejected. In many relationships, the reason why there's failure is for two reasons. One is someone might feel rejected, and so therefore they back off or they stop and cut off the relationship altogether. And the second reason is that they do not get the feedback that they require. So it's not just a flat out rejection, but they were expecting more out of the relationship. And so, and as a result, it's a miscommunication. So there's rejection and then there is miscommunication. And so if you have those two ingredients working in a relationship, you have room for disaster because now you have a person that feels rejected and part of that rejection came from a miscommunication. So if you apply the model that we're talking about today to these relationships, it will help you to determine what is needed in a specific relationship you're in. Some relationships expect more than you can give. That's another absolute of relationships. More is expected out of you than you have to give. There's absolutely no way that you could give something you don't have. It's, it's a simple rationalization. It's a simple common sense thing. If I don't have a ball in my hand and you require me in that specific moment right there in front of you to give you a ball, that would be an impossible thing for me to do. Now, if you were to say, I would like to have a ball and you give me a period of time or you give me some resources to go and get that ball, then it's more possible. But in many cases, we require things out of relationships from people that have nothing to give in that area. And we offer no resources to help, nor do we give them time to be able to get those things that we need for them to offer in a relationship. You cannot make someone behave how you want them to behave. That is another absolute in a relationship. As human beings, the number one thing we want to do all the time is change people. You know, we want this person to be more like this, less like that, do more of this, have more of that, treat me differently this way, treat someone else differently that way. And that person will never do any of those things just because we tell them to do it. So we cannot change that person at all. We cannot change another person. The other person has to be the one to decide to make that change. It has to be 
an act on their part. Now, you might think that you've changed someone or that you have um, changed behavior in some way and, be, and you might be seeing results and you might think, wow, I did a fine job. Now, that's a short-term process. The only way we could really affect the behavior of someone is usually in training, in a child or in a teacher-trainer type situation. And still, those changes that we have trained them to do, those things that we have kind of guided them and disciplined them in, are still subject to their acceptance of it they still have to have what I call a teachable type of a attitude where they're willing to learn. And so therefore, when information, new information is brought to their attention, they're willing to take that information and utilize it to benefit their life. But however, still, I cannot make anyone change. And in many relationships, people get upset they get discouraged and they get uh, frustrated because for years, you know, they've been trying to work with someone. And really all they're doing is for years, they've been trying to change the person to be just like them. And they're not trying to work with the person, they're trying to change them to be just like them. And so as a result, you find that there is just temporary, um, temporary relief in those relationships. And then frustration comes in. And of course, in many cases, a failure for continual of that relationship. The other absolute and the final absolute I'd like to tell you about in relationships is you are the only person that could guarantee a change in your relationship. If there's going to be any guarantee of a change in any type of relationship, it's going to come from you. It's only the change that you are willing to make is a guarantee because then you have full control over making that change but if you are trying to get someone else to change you have no control over that change and how it is actually going to happen so as a result you become frustrated and your plans don't go as you thought they would so there's resentment that could set in there's all kinds of things that we do as human beings ways that we communicate and do feedback to in order to let the other person know that basically we do not you know, we do not approve of this type of relationship. Now, here's an idea for us. How about if we just use our words? Whatever language you speak, if the person that you're in a relationship with, whether it be a workplace relationship, a social relationship, or a relative relationship, how about if you just use regular words and you speak what it is that you are requiring of the relationship. Now, I'd like us to look, take a look for a minute at the difference between a relationship and just an acquaintance. There are some relationships that are just an acquaintance type of relationship where you just have a, an acquaintance with someone and it's just one of those passing things. And not all interaction between people develops into a full-fledged relationship. Some interactions is just acquaintances, like you work together and you see each other ever so often at company meetings or you uh, go to the same social events all the time. And so you see each other and you kind of know how many kids someone has or where they work, but you don't really have an ongoing relationship. And definition for the word acquaintance is a person whom one knows but who is not a particularly close friend and i've taken that from the merriam-webster dictionary and so what the thing that you need to decide is you need to learn how to identify 
the difference between the two and how to function within them. An acquaintance type relationship happens mostly in social gatherings, as I mentioned earlier. And so therefore you have to know that in those types of relationship, there's only so much that you need to share. There's only so much you need to offer. And this, of course, is a way that most friendships start off. So it's a way that someone kind of uh, takes, I guess, takes you for a test ride, I guess, a test drive, like when you're buying a car. And they want to see, okay, does this person, you know, are they going to add to my life or take away from my life? And so, therefore, the acquaintance starts. And then it could develop into a friendship. However, if it does not develop into a friendship, you must be able to move on. So whenever you meet someone new or you've known someone for a while and it's not developed into anything more, it could just be that person is not interested in anything more. And you need to respect that and move on. There are people that really would rather not be friendly. And unfortunately, there are a lot of things that they miss out in life by taking that position. However, you need to be able to live with that and not feel like they are rejecting you. Because in most cases, I can tell you they've probably already done that to several people along the way. In this section, I'd like to take a few minutes and let's look closer at the first thing that I that I discussed earlier, the first one of the first areas of the four that are uh, that's used as a model for all types of relationship, and that is the definition of the relationship. How do you go about defining the relationship? The first thing you have to decide is what is the purpose of the relationship. If the purpose of something is not known, if nobody knows what the purpose of something is, then abuse is inevitable. Without a doubt, there will be abuse. Now, when I say the word abuse, I want to take a minute here to stop and explain what it is that I mean. Abuse in this case is something that I'm talking about that is defined, and I've got a definition here for you from the 1828 Webster Dictionary. It is to use ill to maltreat, to misuse, to use with bad motives or to wrong purposes as to abuse the rights or privileges. So imagine you have a relationship with someone and you don't know what the purpose of that relationship is. Then if that's not known, then you will inevitably abuse that relationship. So in other words, you will be expecting something out of that relationship for which the purpose is not. You will misuse that relationship. Many people, they develop friendships along the way, and most cases in business environments and people that are, uh, you know, maybe famous or influential in their stream of work, their stream, their streamline of work, and so therefore they have uh, developed uh, an acquaintance in most cases, a friendship. And so if they're not careful, people that might have just met them, you know, or might be acquainted with them and find out that they know this person that's very influential in a very high field of interest, they might look at that person and say, I really need a favor from your friend and I wonder if you could help me out. Now, if you had no intentions of your relationship with this acquaintance being that way, then you run the risk of potentially misusing that relationship. 
And in other words, having an abusive relationship start between you and this person. And I know that seems to be a very strong word for you to hear, but in many cases, there are lots of relationship that are that way. They're very abusive, yet there's no physical threat. And in mo most cases, no harsh words are mentioned or no one yells at the other or no one screams, but the relationship, the purpose for which the person's going in, intended for that relationship, kind of change and it gets misrepresented and misused. So you want to look out for that in your relationships. Look at the relationships. The, the best way to use this teaching today or this training today would be to take a relationship that you currently have in whatever area of your life and just look at it and go through the model I'm training you on and see if you could answer some of the questions. Look at the most important relationships in your life, especially maybe the ones that you might be having some issues with right now. I know that many people, they get married and they have a mixed family where they both have kids that come into the marriage. And unfortunately, because they never really defined the relationship of their children to them and their children to the new spouse, a lot of times there is misunderstanding and the children don't know how to behave and the parents respond to a lack of knowledge in the kids and then you have one big chaotic event. And so in many cases, if you have this information and you just run through an outline of it, look at your most important relationships in your life and see if you can answer some of these questions. It would be a huge help to you. So of course we want to be able to define a relationship so that we could eliminate abuse of the reason for the relationship and the type of relationship that it is. N then the next thing we want to do is to know if this is a giving relationship for you or a receiving relationship only. Now in life, the best thing to do would be to have a relationship that does both where both people involved in a relationship are both givers and receivers. So it's not just a one-sided relationship. However, we do have situations in life where they are set up to be one-sided relationships. For example, a teacher and a student in most cases, even though we can certainly learn from students, but the general um, consensus and understanding of a teacher-student relationship is that the teacher be the giver and the student be the receiver of that relationship. Now, let's take a moment and examine this example for a minute. Let's say that the teacher and the student are starting this new relationship and the teacher knows, okay, that I am going to be the giver in this relationship. So I'm expecting that the student will be the receiver in this relationship. Now let's say the student decided that they not only want to be the receiver in this relationship, but they would also like to be the giver. So in other words, every time the teacher would say something or teach them something, they would have to give their input on it based on, well, I don't think that's how it should be. I think this is what it should be. Or are you sure this is right? What you have there now is a potential for someone who will not learn from this teacher because every time the teacher tries to give them some new information, they would question the information. They would consider another alternative to the solution that, that's offered. And in other words, they never really get to learn the foundational basics of what it is the teacher is trying to train them in. So in some relationships, it's absolutely necessary to have a give only and a receive only relationship. 
And of course, we gave the example of a teacher and student model. Now, in most relationships, it is a, it's absolutely necessary to have both. So the person, each person in the relationship should be both. They should be a giver and a receiver. For example, in an employer-employee situation, you have the employer that is um, hiring an employee. The employee job is to give their skills, problem-solving abilities, and whatever training they have obtained or were hired uh, on a job with the understanding of, they need to give that to the company. As a result, the employer should be able to give them compensation for that um, hiring, of course, for the job that they've done. And as well, there should be a situation set up where there's feedback. So with the employer and employee, there needs to be open communication where the employer could also receive, could receive from the employee, and the employee receives the money from the employer. And then they're both in turn giving something. So you see the employee is giving their ta talents and abilities and the employer is giving their money. So the two situation, it's, a, it's an equal exchange between the two or it should be an equal exchange. Of course, sometimes we know that many people are upset because they don't get paid what they think they're worth. But if you go into a relationship, if you go into a contract, if you go into a agreement to be paid a certain amount, then what you need to understand is that payment that you are receiving was based on your original uh, contract with your employer. So for example, you were hired to do a certain project and you came in and said, this is what I'm agreeing to be paid. Because your skill level in that project increases does not necessarily mean that you should have an increase in wage. Now I know many of you are gonna go, what? Yes, that's true, but, but one thing that should guarantee an increase in wage is how much more problem solving are you able to do. So let's say that you do increase your skill level in a certain area, and so now your job is a lot easier and faster to get done. You might then add something else that you'd like to do for the employer. With that new addition is where now there's time for renegotiation of your compensation for that service because when you were originally hired you were hired with the intention that these are the services you will perform so now as you grow in the company and you start doing more things then that's the time when you're able to renegotiate what it is that your compensation is but until you have exceeded and of course gone over the amount of work that you are doing or problem solving that you're offering that company really um, the, the real matter of the fact is that you really don't qualify for a raise as yet. And so here are two things I'd like to caution you on. Two relationships that you should never enter if the only thing that you see in that relationship is a one person giving and one person receiving. The two relationships that you should never enter into with that type of a setup. The first one is, of course, a business relationship. And I just explained how a regular, normal business relationship should function. It should be where you give something and you get something in return, but both people are giving and both people are receiving. The next relationship that you should never settle for anything less, and that is a marriage relationship. In a marriage relationship, you should never have just one person giving 
and one person receiving all the time and it doesn't go the other way because if that's the case then you will end up being a very frustrated person and it would have meant that someone went into that relationship expecting that it to be a 100% this way and a 100% that way and both people give and both people receive but that's not the case in many uh, situations and that's where divorce is inevitable uh, or a very frustrated depressed lifestyle is inevitable if the person going into the relationship with you if you did not sit down and define you know what is it that you offer me? What is it that I offer you? And let's see how we could offer it the best that we possibly could to each other. Make sure what you're offering in your marriage relationship is actually needed or wanted. Again, we go up to our list. Not everything that's needed is necessarily wanted by the other person you're trying to help. So you want to make sure that the person you're getting married to is someone that's accepting of what you have to offer. If they are looking for something else and you are unable to offer that something else, they might be able to handle it for a short term. But really, they will not be able to do this for a long-term period of time. And you want to be very, very careful when entering into a marriage relationship. I know a lot of people say, well, I love them and that's all that matters. You know, that's really not all that matters. That's part of it and it's a very important part of it. But of course, you have to go into a marriage relationship with the understanding of what it is that you're both able to give to each other and to receive from each other. It's it sounds simple enough that if I'm willing to give you something, then you should be happy to receive it. But in a lot of cases, people are not happy to receive something. They don't think they should receive anything. And so they don't think, or they might think the other person's gift is not good enough, but they don't know how to tell them. So they never receive it. They just let it sit there. And that other person just gets depressed about it, gets upset about it, and eventually frustrated. And before long, they pretty much just want to leave or they just want to get out of the situation another thing that i'd like you to consider is that once you've established a type of relationship and then you need to decide what the currency of the transaction is for example in a business the transaction is set up as the employer gets you know the employee services and they have to have the ability to perform what it is they said they would perform for the organization in exchange the employer gets the uh, the employer gives a salary or a wage compensation these criteria must be set up in advance so that the employer and employee they don't feel like they're being um, stepped on or that the relationship is not fulfilling what it is that it was set up to do because this will end up causing a strain on that relationship and whenever a relationship is working under um, such a high level of uh, stress, I would call it, there is pressure. And so it also distracts from the function of why you were together to begin with. It's all the pressure and the stress of external things causes that relationship to end up being a very frustrating one. And what happens is then productivity decreases. The reason productivity being the reason why you are in that relationship to begin with, you know, even friendships, even friendships, when there's miscommunication or rejection in a friendship, 
it causes the productivity of that friendship to severely deteriorate to the point where no one even says anything to the other person, but you just never hear from someone again. And you wonder whatever happened. But that's because some person just got totally frustrated or they miscalculated the amount of time it would take to invest in that relationship and they flat out ran out of time for the other person. And so you want to be able to look at that and some of your relationship that have to do with um, having a problem right now or you might have just started a new relationship and you want to be able to see how you could best utilize the things that each person has to offer. Now in our next session we will be talking about the language of relationships. How do you identify the language spoken and are you willing to learn the language or do you want them to learn your language instead. I hope you've enjoyed our training for today. Of course, for other training sessions and to get more information about our company, just log on to www.fionainc.com. Thank